0: Namo Tasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambodasa Namo Tasa Namo tasa Series A, Dhamma talk number 30. Today we are going to talk about energy and effort, or variya and Pali. We also have talked about this at the beginner's class. So I'll try and approach a different way. This worry or effort is a very important mental state. Whenever we say mind, there are two parts. One is consciousness. And another one is mental factors. Consciousness is jeta, mental factor is cetasika. sika belong to the second mental factors, cetasika. sika English translation, effort, energy. Viriya by itself <coughs> is neither good nor bad. It has this neutral color. It doesn't have the wholesome quality or unwholesome quality. (coughs) When that effort is associated with unwholesome actions, it becomes the unwholesome effort. When it's associated with wholesome actions, it becomes a wholesome effort. So by itself, it is neither good nor bad, neither wholesome or unwholesome, totally neutral. It depends on what it associates with. This effort is a very, very important mental factor. Just look at a few of what Buddha taught us that we consider quite significant and important in our practice. First of all, we all know five controlling mental faculties, which is a vital, vital five important mental factors in the development of our meditation practice in okay, mindfulness inside practice for the progress of it, for the success of it, these five are very important. Because when you develop them, and when they become, when these five become powerful, what they do is they leads all other mental factors that is arising or associating with them. Every other mental factors had to follow their leads. That's why it's called controlling faculties. And we all know what are those five. First of all is faith and confidence, saddha. Second is vriya, or effort. See, we are talking about effort. In this five controlling mental faculties, effort is there. And the third is mindfulness, sati. Fourth is mental concentration, samadhi, and the fifth is insight or wisdom, panna. See, those five plays a very important role in your meditation, and in those five, that effort is there. And then. Let's look at another one, also very, very important in a Buddhism, especially on the practical path. It's called Eightfold Noble Path. How important it is. The Buddha said, you can never, ever eliminate both physical and mental suffering. And all the mental defilements. Absolutely, if a system, if a method, does not contain these eight factors, that important. In other words, these eight factors are the key. <coughs> what Buddhists taught us on a practical level, and we all know what are they. First of all, is the right view. Samaditi and second is right thought, Sama Those two are considered as wisdom group. And then the right deed, the right speech, and the right livelihood, speech, deed and livelihood. And these three are considered as morality group, sila. The first one is pinya group, and the second one is morality group. And the third one is vriya, which is effort and energy, and then sati, mindfulness, and concentration. Mental, I'm. Samadhi, and these three are called. Concentration group, so there are three major groups that consist of these eightfold noble apart. One is Sila. Okay, morality. Second is Samadhi, concentration group, and the third is Wisdom, Pinya group. And without these eight, all fully in operation, you can never ever totally eliminate mental defilements and attain Nibbana, okay. which is the end of all kinds of suffering. In this concentration group, there is variya so we just talk about two groups, which are very important. The one is the total release from suffering. The effort is there. The other one is five controlling mental faculties. if you really want to develop your mental state, okay, so that it's become in a perfect balance, so that you can penetrate into the true nature of mind and matter. Effort is there, and also let's look at another one, another important group. It's called seven factors of enlightenment. Seven factors of enlightenment. What are they? The first one is sati, mindfulness. And second one is viriya, effort. Here. The effort is there, and the third one is pt rupture. And the fourth one is tranquility, pasati. Okay. The fifth one is concentration, samadhi. Okay. And the fifth one is hmm, what do you call it. Am I counting right? First one is sati. Second one is wariya, The third one is rupture, PT The fourth one is tranquility, capacity. The fifth one is concentration. And the sixth one is Binya is wisdom. And there's equanimity, upekar. All together, seven of them. And in these seven too, these are the one that you have to be endowed with when you have the enlightenment. That's why it's called Seven Factors of Enlightenment. You must practice these seven factors, and you must be endowed with these seven factors. Without that, one cannot attain enlightenment. And in here, too, effort is there. So we just pick up only three main groups that plays a vital role in this Buddhism, And a practical level, all on a practical level. And the third one is, of course, whether you are in a higher stage, of course. And in there, effort is always there. So we have an idea now how important this effort is in this practice, in this meditation. We are only talking about this meditation. But in life too, anything if you want to achieve something worthwhile, you cannot get it, you cannot achieve it without effort. Because we know effort can be associated with the wholesome nature, it can be associated with unwholesome nature. Regardless, if you want to be outstanding, whether good or bad, without effort, one cannot achieve that so that is what effort is and whenever you are going through a difficult phase and when you are going through without surrendering that means effort is with you because effort support effort support what is this about whenever the mind arises not only one mental factors there are many mental factors are arising and along with that effort is the one that is pushing through pushing through all these journeys of difficulty and when it pushed through what happened is without effort you will collapse on that journey you will collapse on the battle you will give up and you will surrender and if you have effort you will never surrender you will never give up so effort is something that support to whatever that you are doing it supports whatever that you are doing without the support you collapse let's say something your veranda is leaning and about to fall, what do you do? You put a few lumbers to support it. When you support it, it doesn't fall down. If you don't support it, within a few days, it will collapse. Just like that, effort support on whatever one is doing. That is the nature of effort it supports to do things it doesn't give up without effort you will collapse without the support you will fail you will surrender that's what effort does effort is the we can always say two kinds physical effort and mental effort but in meditation, physical effort plays very little. It is the mental effort that plays a major role. The mind. The mind that plays the mental role. Physical effort, ka variya. It's just a matter of maintaining your body. To be straight, your neck to be straight, not hunched down. You don't jitter, you don't move too much. Basically it's maintaining your posture, that's about it. But it is the mental effort that is what is really needed. Mental effort without failing. Without failing you must be exerting. So effort is an exertion. Exertion of something that you are doing exertion of something that you are doing. And how does this effort arise? How does this effort comes to be? Efforts always need a a ground, a place to arise. It depends on to a situation to arise. Without that ground, to arise without that ground to grow, effort will not exist. What does it mean by at least a place or a ground to grow, a foundation to grow upon? So let's see. Let's say our kids at home, the mother and the kids. The kids are rambunctious. Some kids are well behaved. Some don't, and mother always tell them okay make your bed clean your room put your books in order do your homework that kind of thing and sometimes they do sometimes they don't and some kids follow very nicely and some kids even rebel they don't do it okay they keep their room a mess they don't finish their homework that's the nature in other words, that kid doesn't put effort to clean his room or to do his job, to do his chores. And let's say there's a, on the weekend, he wants to go out with some friends. Go out with some friends and go and ask the mother permission. Okay. My kid, my friends are going out, I would like to go with them please let me go and then the mother will say well if you finish all your homework and if you finish all the cleaning up spotless clean I will check it if you do all your chores I will allow you to go and then what happened even not even Friday Thursday come Friday come the guy start cleaning up his room everything spotless do his homework, all his assignment, everything. When the Saturday mornings come, Mom, can I go? Have you finished it? Yes, I have finished it. The mother went and checked. Everything is done perfectly. All his homework, everything done ahead. Even Not even Saturday yet. Everything is done. And the mother said, okay, you may go. See, what does he do? He cleaned his room, he did every chose that he need to be done that he's been assigned to you, assigned to him. And to do that what? A lot of effort has to put in. Where does that effort come? Effort come from the desire of wanting to go with the friends. That situation, wanting to go with the friend, is the ground. To make the energy arise, it is the ground that makes the energy arise. In a simpler system, you need a cause. You need a cause that you want so much, you will do anything okay? to get what you want. That ground to arise for the energy grow is the proximate cause. And arising of the energy is the effect, cause and effect. I say proximate cause. Because whenever something happens, there's only one cause. There are many causes. But there's one that trigger it. One that finally triggered it. And that is called proximate cause. And in here, wanting to go with a friend. Do a picnic or a party that's approximate cause but there could be many other causes it is not that he wants to go with a friend that is not the one that's the one that trigger it because going to the party with that friend that friend has a another friend who is a, a girl that this guy really likes the fellow who really likes she will be there And that is the other cause. But it is not the proximate cause. It's the distinct cause. So many causes. So whenever something happens, there are many causes. But this ground for the situation to arise or the condition is required. It's the proximate cause for the energy to arise. With that, it will clear up how energy arises, how effort arises. There is something you want badly, of course you believe something, you believe in something so much, you have a faith in something so much. Those are the grounds, those are the situations, those are the conditions that trigger energy or effort to arise. So always know when somebody is applying effort, somebody need to apply effort, you need that little kicker. You are going to meditate, you are applying your observation onto the object all the time, all the time, closely, deeply, penetratively, without gap, without break. One thing is you must have a very strong faith in what you are doing you must fake or you have a belief in what you are doing the fake is the proximate cause and the energy that arise is the effect arising of the energy or one must be like his life is so much in pain and suffering he wants to escape from all this suffering And he believes that to escape from the suffering, this is the method, this is the way to go. When you have that kind of a cause that triggers the suffering, the urgency, the urgency that comes in, that puts you in, will create an enormous amount of effort and energy. So, But if you are saying, ah, oh, this is meditation, good. I just want to hang out with these guys. They meditate, I meditate. Okay. Mediocre. You don't have that really urgent set of deep faith. Or you don't have that deep desire to get something out of it. If that's the case, your meditation will be mediocre. Because you will be putting a mediocre effort and that person will not progress or progress very, very, very slowly because there is no effort and especially this meditation needs enormous amount of effort especially this mindfulness insight meditation that kind of effort is required Now we understand a little bit more about what effort Uriya is. How it comes about to be. And we already said the effort itself is neither good nor bad. Neutral or neutral, neither wholesome or unwholesome. It depends on what it associates with. So you can say effort and you can say bad effort, and you can say good effort. Okay. Good effort, right effort, correct effort. Okay. In Pali, it's called sama, sama vriya. Sama is correct or right. Vriya is effort. Okay. Bad effort, we don't have to really go into it. That's not what we are trying to practice or achieve what is samaviriya in a practical term so that we can understand very clearly samaviriya right correct effort an effort or exertion that you apply that you apply wholesome deeds wholesome deeds, good deeds, that had arisen to arise again. Wholesome deeds that have arisen that arise again. In other words, you are doing something, let's put it simply, you go out uh, every weekend, go to your community center, and you help them out okay. in one of their program of course you have a choice to stop you have a choice to carry on but this is a wholesome deed that you have always already doing which is that is already arising and what you do was you put effort so that you can go out and do every weekend every weekend every weekend without fail in other words you are putting effort something good that you have done to repeat again and again and again, do consistently and persistently. That effort is a samawariya, right effort. And then there is something, something that is wholesome, something that is good, something that is beneficial for others. But you have never done that before. You have never done that before. Let's do an example Let's say there's a group of volunteers. They specifically volunteer for to go and help and save the people who are in distress. Okay, They go hiking, they got lost, okay. they were mountain climbing, they fall down. In other words, rescue group, emergency rescue group. I don't know what the proper, correct word is. But these are the people who specialize to go and help people in great danger. Special skill needed. Special effort has to do it. They themselves can get into danger by saving and helping these people. You have never done this before. But you decided, I'm going to do it. And you actually did it. That is what it means by putting effort in something that is wholesome that has, you have never done before. In other words, a wholesome mental state that have never arisen to arise. That is samavariya. The first one is to keep doing the wholesome thing repeatedly that you have done before maintaining it pushing it not to drop out second one is creating new things that you have never done before and the third one is unwholesome things bad things evil things that you have done before that you have done before very simple statement no need example this kind of thing you have done it before but you are going to make sure that you will never do that again because it is evil, it is bad, it is unwholesome it hurts and it harms others for some reason you have done it before and now you decided I'm never going to do that again it will never happen again that is unwholesome mental state that have risen before would not arise and when you put an effort to do that that effort is called samavariya, right and correct effort and the fourth one unwholesome events situation nature that you have never done before you have never done before but you know these are unwholesome and you make sure that you will never ever commit these things unwholesome mental state that have never arisen in you before would not arise ever and you put special effort to make it happen that is right and correct effort see those are the four natures four different conditions and if you try to develop these four condition as said the effort or energy you are applying is called samaviriya correct and right effort so it is directly applicable to your life whatever you are doing every day in and out every movement you make every speech you utter. When these four wariya right efforts, are there, the world will be a beautiful place. Because of you, the world will never hurt, harm, or go into chaos or trouble. On the contrary, the world benefits from this action. The world becomes more harmonious from that action. world become peaceful from these four types of Samaria that's is correct or right effort but as we are meditating I will draw this right into the meditation mode let's see how to do meditation of course, you are practicing what? Rising, falling, rising, falling, or lifting, pushing, dropping, thinking, and so on and so forth. You know how to do it. In there, let's look at it. Even though you can say a thousand different objects you're observing, you can put it in one. okay, One statement. What it is? there's always an object physical or mental object it's always arising at the present moment it's always arising in your field of attention at the present moment that is automatic you don't have to do it It's just happening all the time and what are we supposed to do we are supposed to direct our attention direct our attention to that object we direct the attention to the object and stick with the object till it disappear that's the meditation we are practicing and the objects are always arising and one is always directing the attention onto that object and stay with that object till it disappear to direct that object, direct your attention to that object, to direct your awareness to that object. To be with the object, you need effort. Without effort, it just doesn't happen. Without effort, the minds will go to anywhere and everywhere they want. The mind will normally go to unwholesome nature. Because unwholesome nature has is like a magnet, it attracts you. A little funny, nasty, devious, pleasurable thing. It always attracts you, people, especially young children, kids, teenager. They know not what is good. They always lean and go in that direction. So To be able to direct your mind to the object at the present moment, it needs (coughs) effort. That is the effort we are constantly, constantly applying while we are practicing mindfulness inside meditation. Okay, fine. Now, we know that's an effort. It's a meditation effort. While we are practicing mindfulness insight, how can this fit into the the full states that we have just discussed? Samavaya. Well, what is good about it? What's bad about it? I don't think that's good. I don't think that's bad either. That kind of, but how can it fit into these four? Question could arise. And at the same time, we can even observe if you observe precisely, correctly, what happened at that moment. You have no aversion, you have no anger. You have no aversion, you have no anger, you know everything. So, how does this whole thing fit into these four kinds of right effort that we have just discussed let's say first and foremost you have done some unwholesome thing in the past whatever that is you close your mind reflect it something will pops up don't have to be really nasty and violent and bloody but something that still is hurtful and harmful, physically or mentally, or may give discomfort to others, that is unwholesome. You have done that unwholesome thing. And while you are observing that object continuously with great effort, you will never repeat that action. It fits right there. As long as you can continuously apply the effort to be with the object at the present moment, that negative mental state will not arise. If not, suddenly that thought itself could come into your mind, and if you are not aware of it, it can go haywire. That's one. And secondly, you're observing very very ardently you're right on the spot right on the dot and there are many unwholesome things bad things you have never done in your life they will not be repeated they will not be repeated so it fits into the second category Just that one observation now fits into two categories. And the third one. The third one is, let's say you have attained or achieved. The meditation states of, like you can see the objects arise and pass away, arise and pass away with clarity. You already got it. And so that knowing the arising and passing away of the objects is a wisdom, that's the insight. You truly understand the physical and mental objects in their true nature. Because of that knowing, your perception about the world change. And that is something wholesome. Something good, and what you do, you keep on observing. You keep on observing so that you can repeatedly experience that arising and passing away of the phenomenon. That is the wholesome mental state that have already arisen to make it keep on arising without stopping. There you go. That is the, the third samavariya. And the fourth one, mental state, wholesome mental state that hasn't arisen to arise. So you observe. You have this arising and passing away inside. You put effort and you put effort and you, you put effort, so that the next state, the constant state of the solution, insight into the solution of mind and matter which you have never experienced before to arise see in this meditation in every noting if you are doing with precision and correctness without a break and without a gap you have all these four samavariya correct and right effort is in every observation there that's why the buddha said observing the object at the present moment deeply thoroughly and completely is the best wholesome thing that you can create because at that one shot you have all those four. In your daily life they are operated separately. Some do, some don't, some do, some don't. And in here, in every moment all these four efforts are there. Four right efforts are there. That's why this vipassana meditation is considered you can develop the the greatest amount of kusala, wholesomeness compared to any and every other thing. It's all about mental state, the mind. But in our world, we try to correlate with this project or that project, or who is, or what is, or he is, or she is. But in the deepest level, everything is the mind, the mental states. And when you have developed these mental states, when you got these insight, The way you look at the world change. The attitude you look at the world change. That's the first change. And secondly is, based on the changed attitude and the point of view to the world, your relationship to the world also change. In other words, your execution, your speech, and your deed change. And your speech and deeds are what? selfless. Okay. Beneficial, profitable, suitable and appropriate for all other beings that comes in contact with you. That is what give rise to. That is the final result. Where does it come from? It comes from the right effort, the full right efforts that you apply in every observation. That's the cause. Knowing and having the insight is the effect. And knowing and having the insight is the cause. Your change of attitudes, behavior, character is the effect. Because of the changes of behavior, characters, and attitudes, and opinions, is the cause and the way you walk selflessly for others is the effect that is why buddha said this observation this mindful correct precise observation is the one that produces the greatest amount of kusala wholesomeness in this world compared to any other things okay with that I think you will have a very good understanding fair amount of understanding of effort wariya, especially sama warrior the right and correct effort may all of you be able to apply this four types of sama Uriya, the right effort, and may you be able to make this world a better, happier, and peaceful place as soon as possible. Sadhu, 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 Budham dhammam Sangam Chene